So I told you this before, but the, the um, whole thing for the staff this year has find the miracle. I believe there's a weekly miracle here in Sheridan House, find the miracle. But honestly, I'm starting to see them daily. And it's like that lady from the town that gave me yesterday. Um, and my miracle today will be just getting through this with you people in the room. But on and on and on, and, and he doesn't just do it for Sharon now, because he loves you more. So I, I got to look around. I got to see it. What are you doing? Hey, we're back in, in basically the same passage, because I, I wanted to pick up one more thought on these ladies going to the tomb, because there are times in life uh, when we know they're uh, there are specific obstacles and, and to overcome, like them pushing away the stone, the Red Sea obstacle. Um, and, and we saw this in the women last week, but they missed the point. They missed the whole point of the stone being rolled away, the obstacle being rolled away. I mean, oh, the stone's rolled away. But they missed the point. And, and they get to the tomb and, and they want to embalm the body, and it says in. And uh, honestly, in John uh, chapter 20, verse 1, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And we also know from Mark 16, 3, on the way they were discussing who would roll, who would ro how are we going to do this? But the, the cool thing, and we talked about this last week, there was an immovable object to do what they knew God wanted them to do, but they didn't stop. They kept going. That, that's very sweet. But they missed the purpose. Why would God... Why, they missed the purpose. They were discussing who would roll the stone away at the entrance. But when they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, a very large one, had already been rolled away. So they believed enough to go to the tomb, e e even though the rock was there. And they find the rock rolled away. But there's something sometimes we don't believe enough to know that God is God. That the stone... That was just something to get out of the way so they could see the real miracle. And I think the most dangerous times, the most dangerous times for our faith can be great blessings in disguise. I mean, it was the day I gave up on a, on a West campus. And it was the day I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that piece of property called the Academic Village uh, 20 years ago over on Sheridan. Is it Sheridan or Pines? Pines. Pines, right? Sheridan, just the other side of I-75. And I knew I knew we had it, and we were going through with the realtors, and it was ours. And and uh, you were probably the one who bought it out from under us, Frank. Uh, yeah, when you were superintendent of schools. Now that I think about it, I'm not praying for you anymore. So anyway, we lost the property, and, uh, and I think it was 27 acres or 29 acres. And I'm, I'm, I'm driving, and I do, I do my half across the alley again, talking to Jesus. That would have been so good, Lord. I mean, wow. And uh, that's when I gave up. And all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I mean, I talk like it happens in an hour and a half. Uh, two years later, this becomes available. There is no more perfect piece of property. And I'm being told by some friends there is no more valuable piece of property in Broward County because it's at the vortex of everything of four counties. Um, and and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm mad at God when I'm going for this drive. I'm really mad at God. And I know the angels are saying, wow, he doesn't have a clue, does he? Mm -hmm. And he trusts in his brain with all his heart and leans totally to his own understanding rather than trust in the Lord. Yeah, it was a blessing, Bob. You're, you're falling so short of what I have for you, son. But I didn't see that. 
I didn't see that. The most dangerous times for our faith can be great blessings in disguise. On the way, they were discussing who would roll the stone away. What were they expecting? What were they looking for? Yeah, they weren't looking for a miracle. They weren't looking for the ultimate, ultimate miracle. Uh, they were looking for, can you just deal with the obstacle and, and let's worry about the stone. And of course, well, there are immovable objects in our lives. All of our lives. And sometimes we just think that's it rather than look at the love of God. Look at the love of God. So I came here in 1974. I did this for the state of Florida. And uh, I, I had filled, we had one children's home in Hollywood, and I was the placement guy. And I, I filled the uh, one little home in Hollywood called Sheridan House um, with all my boys. And I would go down and see them Tuesday nights and, and uh, 12 boys, and it was, it was hilarious. And um, they burned through five directors in five years. They didn't have any money to pay anybody. And, and uh, I kept applying for the job and applying for the job and applying for the job, and, I, and they wouldn't hire me, um, which, you're kidding, right? Who wouldn't want this? But anyway, finally nobody applied for the job. I got it by default. No one else wanted it. And so I get the job, and, uh, we, and the first thing I do is drop all government funding uh, because I worked for the government, and I realized of the, of the now me, four employees, two of us are going to spend all our lives doing paperwork. And the government wasn't interfering back then, but can I tell you right now how much they interfere with programs to take government funding, even causing them to hire transgender house parents. It's bizarre. And they waive us. We license with the government, and they love our program, and they bring other licensors through just to look. Uh, and Bonarchuk is amazing with paperwork and does all their work for them. Um, but I made that decision, and we dropped down to an uh, annual budget of 49,000 for employees and all these kids and feeding and everything. And there was just a decade with no pay raises. I had a guy, and I had a car that was done. I'd had it forever, it was done, done. And I'm kind of wondering, okay, if I don't get pay raises, I can't buy a car, done. And I'm a little upset, and I'm thinking, maybe I shouldn't be here at Sheridan House. And so there was a guy, you gotta be around a long time to remember this name, Bill Kelly. Bill Kelly Chevrolet was on the board. And Bill Kelly, Bill Kelly is, Unbelievable. He's still alive. He's he's close to not. Um, lives up in Fort Lauderdale, and he just he was he's very verbal, uh, and he says he says this is ridiculous. And he looks across the table at me. Follow me. Will your car make it to my dealership? Uh, follow me to my dealership. And I said, well, let's see. Just don't get too far ahead. And so <laughs> it, it made it. And we get to the dealership, and uh, I'm, I know he's going to fix it. And uh, he said, okay, that car over there. It was a brand, I'd never had a brand new car, brand new Chevy Cavalier. He said, that's yours. You got that for three years or 70,000 miles, uh, whichever comes first, and bring it back. And I'm just looking, and I lost it. And I'm just looking at it, because I just dreamed he'd fix my car, uh, and, and a new car. And he said, uh, he, he got in it. I'd never listened to Christian radio. And he popped in on the buttons, WMCU and RMB and all these Christian radio stations. And I'm driving out of there emotional and hear a, guy, hear a guy's voice I'd never heard because of the Christian radio. First time my last name, Chuck Swindoll, uh, who God used to absolutely change my life. And he says, you need to go home and you don't have to come back right away, but I need the paperwork on your car so we can retitle everything. 
It was exceedingly and abundantly beyond all I was asking God. Could you just fix this car? And somebody said, could you just keep it running? And I said, he doesn't love me more than you. I probably need more help than you do, but he doesn't love me more than you. Yeah, it, it was so amazing. And Rosemary was pregnant, and she was she, her dream was to be a stay-at-home mom. She was making 18000 a year as a public school teacher, and I was making 9500 And I thought, we're going to lose everything. And why did you get pregnant? How did this happen? Yeah, anybody's pregnant, it should be me. Let me be the stay-at-home person. Yeah, and God, you did this? Yeah. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found the stone had been rolled away. And Mary, can I say for you, this is to show you who your God is with these little steps and little steps. And little, your God's huge. But can I also say something else? He kept telling you what he was going to do. He kept saying. And then he does a little demo with Lazarus. Yeah, guys, I'm the creator. And they just didn't get it. And here, her response is interesting in verse 2. She ran and found Simon Peter, the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and I don't know where they've put him. They've stolen him, basically is what she's saying. She, she missed it just like I missed it. These steps he's doing. There are times when we can't see the miracle right in front of us. Times when. Times when. And for some of you guys, I just want to say the miracle is the woman you're married to. Amen. I mean, I know some of your wives. I mean, you are way over your head, man. <laughs> and, and, and got to see your wife at dinner, uh, lunch yesterday. She's amazing. I mean, do Rosemary and I, I it was hilarious. Two little ones in this building, 230-somethings. Do you and Rosemary ever, ever argue? Really? <laughs> yeah, we're humans. So there's times you don't get along. Oh, yeah. Come on. And God in his infinite awesome has you marry your opposite. And you didn't see it coming because uh, I, I wasn't listening. I was just staring at Rosemary's body the whole time we were dating. And she's beautiful. And, and so, yeah. And then we get married. And is this punishment for what I did in high school? How could we be so different? Oh, Bob, no. It's completion. It's a miracle, son. It's a miracle. It's completion. Yeah, there are times we can't see the miracles right in front of us. Times when we have been so shocked at what was going on around us that we missed what was really happening. You know, years and years ago, probably that you've heard the story 200 times, that mom uh, who was facing, facing towards the building, it was the Christmas story story, and I'm facing out, and that mom that came back, and I've known her a long time, she's awesome, and asked me, I, I feel guilty asking, but do you ever get Christmas trees? And it was right that second when that semi pulled up in a, a pickup truck, and another pickup truck, this kind of, big kind of truck, with Christmas trees from St. Mark's. And, and I'm looking at it, and I go, oh my, and she turns around, bursts into tears, and I say, you're simply give me a minute. And I walk out, and I say, can I help you guys? And yeah, we're from St. Mark's, we're done selling trees. Done. Do you want these trees? And I said, I can't believe your timing. And one of them, it turns out he was a DEA agent. Huge, I mean, ripped DEA agent. And um, he says, what's going on here? There's cars everywhere. It's very abrupt. And I said, well, it's our toy store. You, you, we'll help you get the trees off. You guys got to come in and see the toy store. Came in, and he burst into tears and immediately walked out. And one of them was one of his close friends. He grew up in a single parent home. 
So the mom comes back to me and says, I can't believe these trees. How did you do that? And I said, I didn't do anything. I'm probably more shocked than you thought you were asking Bobby Barnes. You're asking your father. Well, I know her well, and we talk every now and then. And, and, and I ask her, how are you doing? She says, I'll never be the same. And I said, what do you mean? Since the Christmas tree. She said, I, I know it's stupid, and the tree dies, and we throw it in the dumpster at the apartment house, uh, but it was the miracle. I knew. And she said, I, I didn't tell you back then, but I had breast cancer back then. I know. I'm going to be okay. I know. And it was because of this Christmas tree that showed up the way it did. And we talked, and I said, so you knew it wasn't about a tree. Oh, no. I knew. Yeah. We've been so shocked by what's going on. Or we are weary from the struggles all around us and too tired to see. And I don't know what you're weary with. Can I, can I just say, I'm weary right now with America. I'm weary with, weary with the anger. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just weary. And I know you got it. And even some things that my Christian friends tend to post, come on, guys. Where's, where's the, it's time to be kind. It's time to be kind. And it's time to look for people to bless. How can we be a blessing? And we, we were talking about an elected official uh, a, a little bit at the table. And she was the head of Broward County for ever. And she had a child that died. And it was in, in the news. And Rosemary said, you need to go visit her. And I said, Rosemary, this is the most liberal person on the planet. We would vote on nothing the same. Rosemary's intellectual response to that was, so? Hmm went and when I went and visited her I called that we called her office and went up to her office and down on whatever uh, and fast forward years and years and years and years and years ago years passed and uh, we got in this property and when we got this property we were two years without building and not using it and Broward County wanted to charge us I think it was 67,000 a year for taxes property taxes since we weren't using it for non for nonprofit or religious uses. And we went up the ladder from the zoning board to this board to this board and finally to Broward County Commission. And she's whatever on the Broward County Commission. I have to be very careful here. And uh, we're getting killed in this meeting. And all of a sudden she says, is, excuse me, is, is, is Dr. Barnes here? I think, oh gosh, don't call me up there. <laughs> I don't know any of the technical words you're using. And so I start, and she, was, she knew. She said, just stay right there. I'm in the gallery, and she said, can I ask you a question? Yes, ma'am. Did you pray on that property in 2003? Yes, I did many times. Did you pray on that property in 2004? I said, yes, ma'am, many times. And all of a sudden, she gets this smirk on her face and looks at the other commissioners and said, I think that's religious. I move, we waved it. They waved it. The county attorney was livid. I asked our attorney when we got to the elevator, do you have any idea what went on there? He said, I have no idea what went on here. And it all got waived. And so I'm sitting with her uh, three weeks ago at Bob Lake's funeral, and uh, she's laughing about that time. She still remembers it. She's retired and lives over here in the ranches. And she's laughing about that. And I said, you have no idea how you rescued us, but it was bigger than that. I, I just never dreamed that would happen. She, she said, I just never dreamed you'd come visit me when my son died. 
And I said, well, I, I said, I gotta tell you, I have to be very honest. I didn't want to go. Not, and she's smiling. I said, no, not anything political. It's just, I don't like going to those situations. And she laughed and she said, I get it. I was just grateful you came. I think a biggie is this one. We don't really believe God does miracles. Now, no, no, wait a minute, can I say, I know he does miracles for Billy Graham. And I know he does miracles for the big guys, but I'm Bobby Barnes. Hello? And, and it's, the, it's, the, it's the most challenging thing with these moms, to be honest with you. He loves you. Don't settle. We do training classes for them on Thursday nights in here. And one of the classes I teach is there's no more Mr. Wonderful. <coughs> and basically it's an entire class on keep your clothes on. And the ones that have been here a while know when it's coming in the talk. I do it almost once a year. And they're already laughing and whispering like 12-year-olds. Um, but it's like, wait, he's, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. And I know they want to say, but will they do a miracle for me? I, I messed up in the past. Hello? Me too? There's a reason I don't go back to my high school reunion. I was a disaster. Yeah. I, and so, we just don't expect God to do anything for us. I know he's going to do it for other really, really, really godly people, but this is me. Come on. Or... We're so fixated on what we think oh, should happen that we can't see something better happening. I gotta think it's them at the Red Sea. And Moses took them to the Moses is just following God, getting out, and he took them to the uh, the worst place he could go. They're in a vortex, coming up in a vortex. There's no place to escape. There's no place to escape, the children of Israel. And then they get there when there's no place to escape, and they hear the armies of Egypt, what were we thinking letting them go? This is our workforce. These are our slaves. And the amazing thing about Moses didn't do squat. He trusted God. And he steps up, really, this is hilarious, and holds up the magic stick. If I were Moses, I would have held it down here in case it didn't work. I wouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, no, he knows who his father is. He knows who his father is. And so, I don't know what Moses expected. Do you, you know, you know, in the Goliath Gauntlet, we have these things called the lily pad run, and it's these big square things that you run across. Uh, and the funny thing for me to watch is, for some reason, me anyway, watching, females seem to do better than males, and I think it's because they're low center of gravity, their hips, and they just, bah, just go across these big square uh, things. I wonder if Moses expected God to just make a lily pad run or do something that they can walk parted the waters, but he didn't just part the waters, we get to the, and, and I'm not going first, by the way. Hector, you go and text me if it works. I will follow you at the other side. And they get to the other side, but they're coming. I mean, look, they're coming. And they all drown. You know what the sad thing is? They immediately forgot. They're immediately grumbling and complaining. You're kidding me. How quickly we forget all that he's done. And I, I, do, I honestly do think, and I I think I need. I do think I need more help than others. I get to pull on this property every day and realize I have nothing. To do. This is it's because of you contractors upgrading everything. It got bigger than I'm. I'm terrified, and, and Harvey couldn't stand the floors that I was putting in, 
And he said, and basically, and you're a little mean to me, Harvey. He said, get out of the way. I know what I'm putting in. And, uh, and the, the, wow. And I remember, again, going for a drive. Is this too nice? And then we moved in, and I watched a mom bring in her son for an interview. And her just looking around. And I know what she was thinking. I didn't want to drop him off. I've seen the two other facilities. They're disgusting and in the ghettos. I come into here? We get to come here? And this is nice, but this is nothing like the boys' homes. They're incredible. Oh. Wow. Well, here it is in John 20, verse 9. For until now they had not realized that the scripture said he would rise from the dead. And the ESV said, For as of yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Can I tell you? He told them over and over. And if your Abba put on skin to come and get you, to save you, and then live comes out of the grave, live goes to heaven, and then he's just going to drop you? No. If it was all just for heaven, the minute you come to Christ, you're out of here. He's still got a plan for you. He's still got something for you to do. Right here. Still. And he's still going to take care of you. In your darkest times, I trust you. So two, two hour plus lunch yesterday, and this business leader was asking, how, how do you get through, you know, the first half of the year I was doing great, and then all of a sudden, and I, and I had a plan for what to give. And then all of a sudden, the last three months, it's like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And he's a believer. And he said, do you ever get fearful? And I said, well, yeah. And that's when I know, okay, I've let my mind wander. I need to take captive every thought, it says in the Bible. And focus on Jesus. Trust is not a feeling. It's a choice. Amen. It's a choice. And, and probably the biggest moment in my life for that was when Dr. Nolan, I, Rosemary goes into a seizure. She's pregnant with Tori. I rush her to Memorial. Dr. Nolan comes out, and he said, I know you're a religious man. I'm going to put you in a room. Uh, and do what he didn't even know how to say and pray uh, do whatever and he said but I need to tell you something your wife is dying and we're losing the baby and I go into that room and they could probably hear me in the hall you took my mom you took my mom when I was a kid now you're going to take my wife you can't be trusted and I'm really not in a good place I'll never forget all of a sudden there's a knock on the door Dan Sutherland uh, and two other pastors I can't remember come in and uh, realize uh, we don't want to be in here with him and Bob we're going to get you some coffee we'll leave you alone and Dan sticks his head back in and Dan says don't miss the lesson it's a good thing he didn't stay I would beat him to a pulp <laughs> so Nolan comes back down the hall and said everybody's okay we need a couple hours with both of them and I'm walking in the memorial parking lot weeping. This was a test, wasn't it? And I failed it. This was an opportunity. I choose you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. This was an opportunity. I failed. And you know, I didn't hear an audible voice. But bottom line, that's okay. I still love you. I got you, man. I got you. These followers... These followers had been through a very emotional week. Their expectations had been rocked. 
and they were just in survival mode. Palm Sunday, they know he's coming to take over. He's the new king. And everybody, in the, and right, right at the end of Palm Sunday, the Pharisees are standing at the gates, and they actually literally say, we've lost. The whole world is coming after him, is following him. And then he comes to town to do what he's supposed to do, die for you and me, not become king of Israel. King of the universe came to die for you and me. It's such an important... Your emotions are going to jerk your faith around. Your difficulties are going to jerk you around. Absolutely. Yeah, Ephesians. This is, this is such an important passage. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. I pray that you get this. And I, I love the way he puts it. Together. So that when I'm down... Bob, let's go get some lunch, man. Are you okay? We go after each other. We go after each other. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. We can't possibly understand how big it is. That you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church, not to a leader, not to a pastor, not to any human being. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Your Abba is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all you would ask or imagine. Can I say, I ask and imagine some pretty big things. And I, I have to believe sometimes that Jesus wants to say, that's it? That's the biggest dream you've got to do with me, Bob? You're kidding, right? That's it? Now, what do you really expect Jesus to do in your life and for your life? And, and that's, a, that's a drive in the car. I expect that you'll make everything work together for good, Romans 8, 28. I expect that one day, okay. And, and the pain of those four hours uh, of thinking on what's wrong with Rosemary, and it was, uh, wow. I love her more than you do. And it was sometime after that, we, we had a guy here on staff with us. When I was getting my doctorate in counseling, they required me to do video counseling, the back of your head, my face, and then I'd take it up to FAU. And Dr. Schrader, who was my daddy up there, he was, a, he was a professor at Princeton, retired here, and they found out he was in town and made him the head of the counseling department. He'd reviewed the video, and so you just wasted 10 minutes. Where was that? And I love it. It was great. And uh, I we got too many people. I didn't know what to do. And it was Rosemary said, you know, you are starting a counseling center. Oh, I didn't realize that. And so Dr. Vigorito, who was the head clinician at South Florida Hospital, didn't want to do that anymore. He came on. Another Princeton guy. We're out to lunch one day. And, uh, you know, Maryville College, University of Tennessee, he went to Brown and then Princeton. So most of the time at lunch, I have no idea what we're talking about uh, with this Ivy League guy. And he says, I just realized this morning that God's not only my father, he's also my father-in-law. <coughs> And I said, what does that mean? He said, when you're praying to your father, you're praying to Rosemary's father. How are you doing taking care of his little girl? He's got you. He's got you. Yeah. We settle for far short of what God can do when it comes to prayer. Could it be we really don't know who Jesus is? 
And, and honestly, I'm going to give us a break here because there's no way we can know. He's too big. And when you don't go through the effort of trying, number six, when you don't really know, you don't expect much from this relationship with Jesus. No. When we don't know who Jesus is, when I don't know, I don't expect Jesus to be able to do much in my life. So it's important to look back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and some of you know I have a, a house in the mountains. And honestly, um, it was Elizabeth that helped me with this dream in, in multiple areas, your wife, Guy. Talk about marrying over your head, but yeah, your wife. And, and uh, helping me retool my money and helping hearing Rosemary's dream and Fred Hunter Funeral Homes on the board man, made it mandatory for about 12 years that I go to his house in the summer uh, on Beach Mountain, which is a really big house. And uh, we would go and then um, we saved and saved and saved and saved and saved. And I, I said, okay, 27 years now, we've paid off our house here. So uh, I have $170,000 that we've saved and saved and saved and saved and saved. Go to the mountains and buy your house. And she said, you're not coming. I said, Rosemary, I don't even like North Carolina. The people are weird in North Carolina. Uh, I filled the pulpit at First Baptist Hendersonville, and we walk out, and Rosemary says, this was so sweet. Rosemary, it was 2,000 white people in suits. I can't do that anymore. And uh, in her innocence, it was hilarious. So she, a friend tells us about a house up there, and uh, he said, uh, Bob Geisinger, and he said it was supposed to be 5,000 square feet, he stopped after like 18 or 1900 square feet, and nobody wants it. Uh, and he said, it's a really nice house, but it, it's a little weird, no master bedroom yet, and no garage. Um, and um, and it's, you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know, unless we tell you that it's not finished, because one wall uh, has no windows. Um, so uh, she goes out, she buys this house, she's terrified, she buys it in October, and I had to say to her, you do know I, where you, you spent the whole 170, 168 something. I have no money for furniture, appliances, anything. And she says, that's okay. So it's gonna take a year plus. That's okay. <clears throat> I finished teaching at Christ the Rock three years and they give me a cruise. Uh, I hate cruises. Uh, and in all four services, they give me this $10,000 Alaskan cruise. How much food can you eat? I mean, $10,000? And so Neil Jesus was the executive pastor in all four services. He, he knows me well, and he says, you don't want this cruise, do you? I said, do you think anybody noticed? And he said, I don't know. I said, keep the cruise, I'm good, give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, we've already paid for it. And then he said, let me do this. Let me see if I can cash it in, right. take the taxes out, and just give you the 7,000 plus. And Rosemary said, that's the furniture in I said, yeah. So. She goes to Target and wherever else and buys all this awesome furniture. And, and I got up there. I didn't see it till till March. She bought it October 23rd. I saw, and I wept. We shouldn't have this house. I mean, we should. This house is too nice. This is amazing. I didn't dream that big. He doesn't love me more than you. Period. Period. Yeah. Wow. When I don't know how much Jesus loves me personally and individually, I don't expect him to do great things in my life. Period. I, I, low expectations about your love, and probably worse than that, about your ability. 
God. Yeah, when I don't trust Him completely, I'm trying to work on out my own miracles. I mean, it's kind of like why I'm not making that phone call to David quite yet. I just want you to do this. Um, I just I, I want another story, Lord. I just want you to do this. I want another story. Um, where here it is. What, what, here it is. I move this little sweet couple and little sweet family in there. Yeah. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And she ran and found Peter, and basically she says, they've stolen his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These guys go, and it's so cool later on, because just a little bit later, these guys go, and they, they, they don't know what's going on either. And, but a little later we realized they got it. They knew who he was. In Acts chapter 3, verse 2, uh, Peter and John, post-resurrection, approached the temple. As they did, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put, aside, put beside the temple gate, uh, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting a gift. But Peter said, I don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the hand, helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, Praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now, this is a key here we could get past. He didn't pull his hand out of their hand. No, I've been like this forever. He didn't say, he made the effort to do the little that he could do. The little giving that he could do. The little this that he could do. The little that that he could do. The little speaking up that he could do. The little trusting. He's got you. It's time for a revival in America. Why shouldn't it start in South Florida? We've got 118 ethnic groups in South Florida. <coughs> this is awesome. Why not right here? Because it would spread all over the world. But it has to start with me. I have to believe he can use me for his glory. And if you're still here, when he's done wanting to use you, he'll bring you home. He wants you with him. When my kids finished college, I went and got them. I want you back home. Come on. But we have to trust he could use even us. Oof. It's our responsibility, our, pri- our privilege to live life expecting God to be in charge. I used to think it was a risk to give beyond what I could afford to give. I used to think it was a risk to trust him and speak. A risk? Get out of the boat and walk. Just get out of the boat and walk. When you live life expecting God to be God, you begin to live by faith rather than by fear. Yeah. It's an issue of trust. A few men trusting. The great Australian revival happened because five or six women prayed for it. And Moody sent a guy named Maritori to Australia who was reluctant to speak. He was an academic at Moody. The revival broke in because he trusted. And that was my boat back then. <laughs>